Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to the first message in this new series called Sanctify Your Family. Now, before you get all uptight, this is not going to be what you probably think it's going to be. This is going to be something that's going to empower you and encourage you and strengthen you and show you how to be a great godly influence in your family, even though may, they may never know it's you that's actually bringing about the changes that are happening there. You know something? People desperately need to heal the conflicts and the pain and the battles and the struggles that are going on in their family. You know, almost all of our life, we spend trying to overcome the hurt that we encounter growing up as children. Now, this doesn't mean our parents are bad people. It doesn't mean they didn't do the best job they could. But unfortunately, we have hurt to happen in our childhood. We have conflicts in our, in our families. And those of you who love your families, you know there is almost nothing more debilitating than the pain that you go through in your family. Isaiah 58, 12 says this. It says, those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. Now listen to this. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of the streets to dwell in. Now, a breach is a breakdown in your fortifications. And for many people, one of the great vulnerabilities that we all face are, are the places where there are breaches in our family. You know, for years when we had a residential Bible college here in Huntsville, Alabama, students would come in and um, the first break that they would have in their school year would be Christmas break, where they would go home and spend time with their families. Now, what would be so very interesting is after being in Bible college from September up until the December break came, uh, th these students would grow. I mean, I'm telling you, they would gain ground. They would develop themselves. And, and really, they would have so much personal growth that they were convinced that they could go step back into their family environment. And this time, they could be an influence. This time, they wouldn't be offended. They wouldn't get hurt. They wouldn't be humiliated. Uh, they, they wouldn't pick up all of the offenses. Now, I talked to a lot of different presidents and deans of Bible colleges over the years, and I asked them the question, and they saw and experienced in their colleges exactly what we did in ours, and that is that you have more people drop out during the Christmas uh, break than you do any other time during the year, and so what would happen, these students, man, I'm going to tell you, they, they were praying every day, they were reading their Bible every day, they were making the journey into who they truly were in Jesus. And they would go back home and immediately and, and unintentionally, uh, their entire family basically would, would kind of begin to relate to them based on how they used to relate to them as a child. All of these old offenses would come up. 
And really the pain would be so frustrating and so humiliating that they would feel like that they should give up. A lot of those, a lot of those Bible school students, I, I encourage not to go home for Christmas. You know, we used to have, Brenda and I used to have a big thing here every Christmas. We would, we would feed all of our Bible school students who couldn't go home. We'd feed the homeless. We'd feed people who didn't have family here in Huntsville. And so we would provide something for them. But we found that so many people went home and suddenly faced this breach, this place where they were so vulnerable. And the place of their vulnerability was in their families. So a breach is like I say, it's a break in the wall. And so for many of us, the break in the wall, the vulnerability uh, in our fortification is the hurts and the pains and the conflict and the dysfunction that goes on in our family. And a breach always makes us vulnerable uh, to invasions. And like I say, our family, our families will pose one of the greatest vulnerabilities that we'll ever, ever face. Now, it's time to get healed from these hurts. It's time to that, that you learn to relate to your family in a brand new way and to move forward in your true identity in Christ. Now, I'm going to be sharing some things, some biblical principles that are game changers when it comes to influencing your family. You're going to be amazed at what you have available to you that God has made available to you that you may have never realized before, but you're, but you're going to realize it now. You see, we have very special opportunities when it comes to our families. But most of us don't realize what we can do. Most of us just kind of skip over some of these things that, that Jesus tells us or the Apostle Paul tells us. Uh, and, and so we don't understand the degree of, of, of influence that we can have, supernatural influence. Now, when I came to Jesus, I had two primary burdens. And that is, I wanted to reach my generation. Nobody was reaching my generation. The church didn't know how to reach my generation. Other than the Jesus movement out on the West Coast, honestly, my my generation was overlooked. And here in the Bible Belt, really, the churches did not want to reach me or people like me. So I had this incredible burden for my generation. But also, I had this incredible burden for my family. My family had lived in pain. Uh, all of us had lived in pain. We lived in pain and we lived in dysfunction. And I'm telling you, it manifests in our lives in ways that that really was was debilitating so many times. And so I had the opportunity, though, by walking through some things as the Lord led me through them, I had the opportunity to see every one of my family members surrender their lives to Jesus. Now, that's that was an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. You know, we have we have been told that one of the most difficult groups of people to ever minister to is our family. I got news for you. That is absolutely not true. The truth is, if we follow the biblical pattern for how to minister to our family, the truth is our family will probably be among some of the easiest people to influence, even though they'll probably be the most intimidating people that we will ever, ever have to minister to. I want to say this, most of these things that I'm going to be sharing, well, they're all based on biblical principle, and all of these biblical truths and principles opened a door in my heart 
to understand the authority that I have in prayer and personal ministry to my family. And it's different from what I can do with somebody out on the streets. It's different than what I have with somebody that I've never, never met before. And I'm going to share all of this with you. And I want you to understand something. Most of what I'm going to be sharing with you in this entire series is going to be something incredibly powerful, incredibly practical. And most of this I have actually never shared with other people because so much of it was just too personal for me to share with everybody. Plus, people are constantly contacting me and they're wanting to know, how do we prepare and how do we prepare our families for all those things that are happening right now in America and around the world? And even more, how do we prepare for the things that are coming? Because we know some bad stuff is coming and we're really not sure what to do. Well, let me just say this. First of all, if you want to understand what's happening in the world today, how we got here and and what we can do about it, you might want to read my book, Apocalypse, A Spiritual Guide to the Second Coming. This is a book about the second coming of Jesus. And honestly, I got so many testimonies from this book. And one of the most interesting and most common testimonies that I got was people saying, this is the only book I've ever read about the end times where I was encouraged, where I was confident, I wasn't filled with fear. I knew I knew what I could do. So you may want to check out Apocalypse, a spiritual guide to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I do have a special series I'm going to talk to you about as we get to the end of this message that's going to help equip you to do the very things that I'm going to teach you in series. But the main thing overall thing we're going to do is I'm going to help you understand how to repair the breach, the break in the wall, the break in your in your fortification, that place where you are so vulnerable to pain and to offense uh, and to insult and to injury. And it's nearly always more so with your family than it is anywhere else. So I want to help you know how to look ahead and just think about that. Look ahead and prepare for those you love to meet Jesus and to follow him into absolute victory. Now, First Timothy chapter 5 has a scripture that, that really, if you take it in strict context, it is talking about providing uh, monetarily for your for your family. And it's talking about the responsibility that we have as believers to, to take care of our families. But in actuality, the, the way the Greek language reads in this, I realize that this scripture gets broader than just taking care of our families monetarily. It's more than just making sure that they've got food deep. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, the Apostle Paul says this, but if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever, or the King James says, worse than an infidel. Now, our concepts of spirituality, and you know, the, the, Jesus addressed this, by the way, with the Pharisees. He said, you know, the money uh, and the resources that you have that you should have used to take care of your father and your mother, where it says honor your father and mother, you know, you found some religious way to weasel out of taking care of your father and mother. And and so, so Jesus here, the apostle Paul here is pointing out 
that if, if you don't provide for your own family, that really you are, you've denied the faith, you're worse than an unbeliever. Now, that's, that's a pretty serious indictment. But this word provide, it really uh, is more comprehensive than just saying providing food, providing meals. The word provide, this is really interesting. The word provide means to consider in advance, to look out beforehand by way of maintenance, uh, by being circumspect, by paying attention. And so this is talking about when it comes to our family and our own, you know, our own are the people we love, our friendship, uh, people we have friendships with, people that are around us. And it's saying that if we are not looking out in advance for these people by way of maintenance and by way of uh, being circumspect, by way of helping them, helping them look forward, that really we have denied faith. You see, we are our brother's keeper. We are in this thing with our family, whether we like it or not, whether we love our family, whether believers or not, whether our spouses are believers or not, whether our children are believers or not, uh, whether our family members are believers or not. I'm just going to tell you, we have an influence, a supernatural influence uh, that makes it possible for us to exercise authority, exercise faith in ways that we can't do just for anybody. Remember, you can't operate faith for anything that's not promised. See, faith is about believing the promise, believing what God says and acting on what God says. Many people uh, just kind of dream things up and say, I want this to happen, so I'm going to believe for God to make it to happen. Well, you better make sure that there's a promise of God that tells you that that is something that's available to you, or you better make sure that it's a promise of God that says this is something that Jesus has already died to free you from. But anyhow, we have some promises to us about our family members that I, I think we just don't realize. It's kind of interesting. When you look at the uh, apostles that walked with Jesus, the four most powerful uh, of the apostles were Peter uh, and Andrew and James and John. And so there were two pairs of brothers there. And the, the apostles that were the most stable, the, the apostles that really became part of the inner circle with Jesus, they were the ones that had family there because with family there, they had people to encourage them. Keep in mind, Judas Iscariot did not have family among the apostles. I don't even know if he had family among the disciples of the Lord Jesus. You know, the, the, the book of Ecclesiastes uh, chapter four, verse nine says this, two are better than one. So, that, you know, you look at the apostles and you see that the two pairs of brothers, two are better than one. They were the most influential of all of the apostles. And I think much of it, uh, yes, it was first and foremost about their personal faith, their personal commitment to the Lord Jesus. But I'm telling you, a lot of this was because they knew how to mutually encourage one another. It says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. In other words, two people working, you know, when you, I've managed businesses all of my life. And one of the things I realized is when you have a person working a job and you put another person with that person in a team, 
you don't just double the production. Sometimes you triple or quadruple the production because two people working as a team actually have a better reward for their labor. Uh, it, it's not addition. You're not saying, okay, I'm going to add one person. I'm going to get twice as much uh, outcome. No, when you add people and they're a team, and that's important that they're a team, not just that they're working side by side. And when they're a team, you don't, you're not operating in addition, you're operating in multiplication. And I'll tell you, it's that way in every part of our lives. Now listen, verse 10 says, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion. Man, I'm telling you, you know, one of the things I told Brenda when we first got married is like, don't agree with me on everything. And when you see me doing something that is destructive, or when you see me doing something that that really is not in harmony with, with the word of God, you know, don't get in my face and attack me, but don't go along with me. Help me see where I'm getting off track. Help me uh, stand up and repent and turn my heart turn my heart back to the Lord. I see, I, I love correction because correction, you know, if I'm driving down the road and I'm lost, I've got my GPS and I love it. I'm looking around and thinking, man, I don't even know where I am. And my GPS says, make a legal U-turn. And the GPS gives you a course correction that puts you back on the course. Well, this is what this is talking about. If they fall, one will lift up his companion. But listen to this, but woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. Man, a lot. If we, if our families are are divided, if our families are filled with offense, if our families are filled with hatred and anger and rebellion and all that kind of stuff, then the real truth is we are all standing alone. We are all standing uh, with no one to help us when things go wrong. Verse eleven says, "And if two lie down together." They will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Practical stuff here. It says, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly or easily broken. Man, I love this. I love what this presents. I love the picture that this, that this says, man, if I'm walking with somebody, if I'm in harmony with somebody and together we are in harmony with God, we become unstoppable. You know, one of the things I told Brenda when we got married, you know, we sit down and talk. I said, you know, if you want, if you want to work outside the home, work outside the home. If you don't want to work outside the home, then then fine. We got five kids. You got plenty to do. And so when we when we talked all that through, she said, I want to raise our kids. I don't want somebody that's raising our kids. But we talked all that through. And basically, my final word on the thing was this. Listen, if... You raise our kids. If you are at home with our kids when I'm working, and if you can maintain peace in our family, if you if you can be the peacemaker, I'll go out and conquer the world as long as I can come home to peace. So we were a team. You know, I wasn't pushing her off in the background. I was letting her make her choice. So we were a team, and we both understood our role in this team. And the result was. I felt like I could go out and do anything because I could come home and I could be nurtured by what she brought to the family. She could be nurtured by what I brought to the family. So, you know, there are many ways, many things we can do to equip our family, just like the fivefold ministry is supposed to equip believers. We can equip our families. We don't do it quite the same way you do it in church. 
you're not you're not going to step into the role of suddenly being you know the one that's teaching everybody what to do many times that's why there's an offense there is because we try to step into a role that really is not is not wise it creates competition remember joseph you know god used joseph really to save his whole family and god showed him in dreams that this was going to happen but the problem was joseph in his zeal and maybe in a little bit of ego he told his brothers and his father about his dreams and presented the idea that he was going to be the teacher he was going to be the person that was going to save their family well they despised him and they sold him into slavery uh, into Egypt. Now, yes, God still turned the situation around, but Joseph, Joseph had a good heart, man. He he was one of the most flawless people in all patriarchs in all of in all of the Old Testament. But most of us aren't like that. Most of us get hurt, we get wounded. And the real truth is, even though we might be the one that God wants to use to to deliver our family, uh it may not happen because we mishandle the situation and uh and then we create the breach we create the offense and then people in our families do not want to hear it so i'm going to share very specific things that you can do to equip yourself and your loved ones to walk together you may not be agreed on every point but you can walk together now, I'll tell you this, it's all going to start with prayer and intercession. Now, wait a minute before you jump. Don't jump to conclusions thinking you know what prayer and intercession is going to look like for your family. Because I'm going to take you to a place that is different maybe than anything you ever heard about, about intercessory prayer. And maybe different than anything you've ever heard about ministry to your family. Now, let, let me say this. And this, I almost hate to say this, this, this just sounds bad to say, but, it, but it's just true. I don't think that we, 21st century church, actually have a very biblical concept of what intercession really is. I don't think, I don't think we really understand how to intercede. You know, Jesus taught and ministered as one who had authority. And, a, and part of his ministry was the way he prayed for, and the way he ministered to the sick, to the demon-possessed, to the oppressed. Now, now, keep in mind, the word pray has many, many different definitions. And our problem is we see the word pray as basically always just asking God to do things. And when you look at the way that Jesus prayed over the sick, prayed over the demon-possessed, he, he really never asked God to do anything but it still falls into the category of prayer. And we're going to talk about how Jesus prayed. You know, I've been to all kinds of prayer meetings over the last 52, 53 years. And one of the things very interesting, I've never been in a prayer meeting where people prayed the way Jesus prayed. Therefore, I never saw or rarely saw a duplication of the kind of results that he got. I've been in many prayer meetings where people prayed in ways that Jesus didn't pray, as a matter of fact, in ways that he said, don't pray this way. And many times the whole thrust of the meeting would be all about praying some way that Jesus said not to pray. 
And I've been in those meetings where we prayed about things that he said, don't even pray about this. You don't, you do not even have to pray about this. So I've got a special offer for you that will equip you in every area of your life. And I want you to know, I'm going to put this entire series online so that you have it for free. I'm not even going to make an audio series in this. This is going to be here available for you. And, uh, and so I'm doing everything I can to make this financially fit for you. But now I'm going to be offering a bundle, a special bundle that's called Pray Like Jesus Prayed. Now, when you see this offer, I want you to look very closely at it because there's going to be three bundles in this uh, offer that you can choose from. And we're, we're making, we're breaking this up in three bundles so you can get what is best for you and make it the most financially feasible for you. And so be sure and check out all three options and they are available right now. And I would highly recommend that you go ahead, purchase, download these, uh, uh, these products so that you're taking the deep dive in this right off the bat as we begin to, to move through this. So, so let me also tell you this, when you purchase products uh, from, from Impact Ministries, this gives us financial resources to take the gospel into the world. You know, right now we have a project that has been going for several years called Operation One Billion, where we are training leaders all over the world. We are training leaders that know how to raise up disciples, that know how to help influence people's lives in supernatural ways. And we have a plan to raise up 1 billion disciples around the world by training leaders all over the world. So when you invest in yourselves, you are investing in what we're doing all over the world. You're investing in helping us raise up leaders, raise up disciples unto the Lord Jesus. And this is this is our strategy to prepare the world for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So listen, you may want to go back and listen to this. Some You may even want to begin talking to God about opening up your heart to participate in a and a life of intercession that is different than anything you've ever seen, but you're going to see it in the Bible. You're going to see that it is there. And listen, next week, next week's message is going to be so powerful because next week we're going to start talking about the special opportunity that the Word of God gives us for ministering to our families. So be sure and share this with people. Listen, share this with your family members. Send, you know, send links to this message to all of your friends, particularly your friends, you know, that are struggling with their families. And listen, uh, go to impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. And we got all kinds of series that are available. We've got a couple thousand uh, messages, video messages on there that are yours for free that you can use. And use this series right here that we're going to be sharing with you. Use this in your home groups. Use this in your church groups and share this with other people and make it a way of life. I'll talk to you again next week. Blessings to you. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers Podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section on our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.